This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to have my next guest, Nazia Zanab Sheikh. And uh, she is coming from Pakistan right now. It's in the middle of the night for her. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a Theta Healer practitioner. She, uh, her practice is based on helping people release limiting beliefs, break negative patterns and cycles, move them into a state of alignment with their mind, body, and soul. I know a lot of us, you know, especially with so much is going on, people feel out of alignment. They feel stressed out. They have a lot of anxiety going on. Um, They don't know what's up and down. And so this kind of practice is very, very important. But I find it so interesting is how um, she got into this practice, because I don't think this initially was her path. So Nazia, how are you? Hi, Tam. I'm good. I'm good. And so excited to be here with you. Yes, I'm excited. So uh, a Theta Healer practitioner, tell me what that is. So a theta healing practitioner is um, is someone who you find a safe space with to be yourself, to unfold, to figure out what blocks, what limiting beliefs, um, you know, what subconscious patterns are holding you back from becoming the best version of yourself or experiencing the life that you desire. That's what the theta practice is based around. The theta state itself. Uh, we have different brain waves that we function on through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the theta state is the only state that you can be in and access your subconscious mind. It's the most relaxed state that you can be in. So when you wake up first thing in the morning, right before you fall asleep, that's the theta state. And in that state, you can actually access your subconscious mind. So you know that, um, that makes yeah, so sorry, much ahead. sense because I, re- I know this for sure. That when I lay down at night and you're like starting to relax, then the best ideas of life come right there. (laughs) That little little bulk turns on, right? That little voice starts talking to you. It is. It's so true. It's so clear too. Yeah. So so with our our theta practice, um, you know, we try to teach our clients to be in that theta state, to meditate, to be in such a deep meditative state Um, you know, we're practiced to be in that state as theta practitioners, but we also try to take the clients to that state and to experience it often enough to release limiting subconscious beliefs. Wow. So you, but you weren't always doing this. What was your original uh, life plan, if you will? (laughs) I have been so many people. I have been so many people before being a theta practitioner. And I have to say, Theta Healing for me, it started on a personal journey to, for my healing. Mm-hmm. But what it did for me, the shifts that I experienced, I just could not hold myself back from becoming a practitioner, um, even though it wasn't an easy decision because um, it's, a, it's, it's an alien concept for where I live. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the first Theta Healing practitioner in Lahore in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I started my practice, I not only had to explain what theta healing was, you know, sort of educate people as to what this practice entailed, um, but then to also build clientele for myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you asked 
who all I've been <laughs> in the past. Right. So I started off by uh, being a law student. I studied law. Um, I come from a family of many successful lawyers. My father is a, you know, he's a renowned lawyer in Pakistan, very successful. Uh, my sister has been practicing with him for multiple years. Um, I have another sister who's gone rogue. She was a lawyer, but she's also changed her, her she's profession. She's gone rogue too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so I started off with, you know, studying law and when the time came to really practice and, you know, to, to put into action everything that I had learned, I didn't feel like it. I realized that it didn't make me happy. Yeah. And, you know, I had the perfect platform. I had my father's practice. I had an office and with a desk waiting for me to start off. Wow. You know, I had the opportunity to be trained by him uh, and by my sister. But... Um, that is around the time that I became a mother. And that was the most life-changing experience for me. And I feel like that is really where, you know, the quest to become happy actually began for me. Um, I often tell people that, you know, this journey started because of certain physical symptoms and, and conditions that I experienced at the time. And it is true because, I mean, the, the physical symptoms that had manifested, you know, they created that gaping hole for the, for the light to come in, right? For me to realize everything that was wrong around me and why the breakdown had taken place. Um, but, but if I just rewind a little bit, it, it really started when I became a mother and nothing had held my heart the way my girls did, my attention, my heart. Um, you know, I just wanted to be with them. And I had grown up with beliefs around what being empowered actually meant. You know, the generation that I was from or am from, um, empowered women were within, you know, selective sort of careers, lawyers, doctors, engineers. Maybe you could go far as being a software engineer. Mm -hmm. um, it has to do with our culture, our society as well, right? And, and these were the very sort of uh, respectable, noteworthy professions. You know, if you were a serious professional, then these were the professions you took up. Um, and of course, my father being a lawyer, I was very inspired by him, you know, his success and how happy he was being a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So I chose to study law. And of course, you know, to be successful, what it meant was that my profession had to be the most important thing in my life. It had to take over. It had to be the number one priority. And, um, you know, it had to define me. My profession had to define me. And so really that was the demon in my story yeah. because when I experienced motherhood and I just wanted to stay home with my girls, my two girls who are just a year apart, yeah. um, I started to question myself. I was judging myself. I felt really weak because I just thought, okay, so who am I again? You know, so am I a stay-at-home mom or am I an empowered woman? You know, like what do I do with, with everything that I've studied and how am I going to face the world? What do I say? I just want to stay home. Right. You know, so it was, it was, that time when that battle started within me. And I have to say, like, I'm so grateful for the love that I experienced for my girls because it drew me towards them with such strength that I found the courage to choose what actually made me happy. Yeah. And in that choosing, choosing them, choosing to do what actually made me happy, I realized what 
being empowered actually means. You know, it means choosing yourself. And that could mean so many different things for different women. For some, it could mean, you know, opting for their career. For others, it could mean not opting for kids. For some, it could mean, you know, choosing to stay home for a number of years. So it's different for each individual, but owning up to who you are and what makes you happy and what really makes you alive, you know, that, that's what empowers you. Your happiness is what empowers you. So that was really the turning point for me. And I feel that in that turning point, it just, it taught me a new way of life where I realized that my goal was now to be, be happy. It yeah. wasn't about being boxes anymore. And um, yeah, so, so it opened up so many multiple doors for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I stopped juggling small projects, uh, stopped sort of dabbing my toes here and there in different things. I stopped trying to be both, you know, a stay-at-home mom and a working mom. Yeah. I, you know, I, I decided to dedicate myself uh, to my girls in their primary years. And then uh, from there, I went on to treat myself like I had just graduated from college. Mm. And everything that, you know, that was of interest to me, yeah. uh, which was mostly arts related to creativity and art mm -hmm. subjects that I loved during my school years, but I'd given them up thinking that, okay, you know, I need to get serious about life. You right. know, I, I need to focus in the right direction. So I started to, um, you know, I, I did fashion designing for a bit. Um, I'm a makeup artist. I took professional courses. Uh, you know, I, I started to bake. I used to bake a lot for my girls. Mm -hmm. So I started a home-based bakery, uh, which I still have. Uh, you know, I, I'm still very passionate about my baking. I saw, um, your, I saw your picture. That's so cool. Was that with Prince yeah. uh, William? Yes, yes, it was. So I, I, I happened to bake the cake for, you know, um, prin the prince and the duchess when they were visiting Pakistan in 2019, or was it 18? I forget. But um, I baked the cake for their visit. So it was very exciting. Um, That's really cool. And yeah, my girls were over the moon uh, that I got to bake for the prince. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, so that bakery is still there and you know it's 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 um it's something that i enjoy deeply um but the one thing that i felt even though i was successful you know in 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 all these different fields that i took up i was successful but they couldn't hold my interest long enough because i wasn't satisfied yes you know there was something that was still missing and i was really lucky to have very supportive uh, like a supportive network and very supportive men around me like my yeah. father my husband you know who would who would keep pushing me and encouraging me to um you know try my hands at everything they were like you know you're so lucky that you have the opportunity to try all these different things figure out what makes you happy yeah and one day after a theta session um you know i realized that the one thing that makes me really happy and i could do it endlessly you know, without it draining my energy or without feeling like it's taking something away from me um, is actually Theta Healing. And my, you know, my, my, uh, my Theta Healer at the time had been saying to me for a while that, you know, this is your true calling. And I would keep saying to her that, you know, nobody knows about Theta Healing in Pakistan. How can I be a Theta Healing practitioner? Right. And then going from, you know, lawyer to baker to you know, to an artist, to a makeup artist, no one's going to take me seriously. You know, mm -hmm. how am I going to do this? Um, so it, it took, I, I sat with it for a while and 
I decided to go ahead and do the courses just for myself. And, you know, again, my Theta Healer was very insistent that I do the courses. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she convinced me that along with the practice, you know, some people have a natural gift. Yes. And she saw that in me. Mm-hmm. So I did the courses. And I remember one of the first phone calls I made after the course, you know, when I when I knew that, okay, now, you know, now I'm officially allowed to practice on people. Mm-hmm. So I called up a few of my girls who I'm very close to, you know, my friends, my cousins, my sisters, and I started to practice on them really excited. And the response that I got from them, you know, the, the, just the, um, you know, the experience of that, I just thought, oh my God, like I can actually do this. I have the power to do this, you know? So yeah, that, that's, that's how I ended up where I am today. That is so cool. Well, I love, I I, I picked out one of the things you had said, you said motherhood was the stepping stone for you to experience true freedom, which I love that. Uh, and it gave you the opportunity to start really figuring out, like you said, where your true happiness lied and you, good thing you had the opportunity, not everyone has to be able to keep exploring that, you know, just an amazing thing. But you also mentioned that you started to, you know, because of a lot of the stress that you had experienced before you were battling some, 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 uh, damage physically, physical fatigue, symptoms. Tell me a little bit about that. So, um, you know, going back again to to the time that I experienced motherhood, um, you know, I told you about, you know, that that little voice inside me, that demon voice that kept telling me that I need to be an empowered woman (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I can't be sacrificial the way, you know, older generations had been, you know, they'd given up everything for their kids. So I wasn't going to align with them. I was going to align with the empowered women. So, you know, it was a period of maybe a year and a half and I decided that, okay, you know, as soon as my girls are just a little bit older, I'm going to go back to work. And the stress and the anxiety that I felt Mm -hmm. thinking of going back to work. And then when I started those, you know, smaller projects, trying to prepare myself for, Mm -hmm. you know, work life again, um, I was still breastfeeding my younger child and I was very particular about who would babysit them. So I would literally pack suitcases and leave my girls with my mother. Then I would leave my girls with my mother-in-law. You know, I have a fantastic support network, Mm -hmm. um, but I just, it was too stressful. It was too stressful. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day when I was sitting in a meeting with my husband, he'd actually set up this amazing project for me. um, And we were sitting in a meeting together where, you know, I, I had, I'd actually traveled to train for this project as well. Mm-hmm. I left my girls and I traveled and I was miserable throughout while I was there, but I kept focused, you know, I, I kept myself focused and I thought that, okay, no, this is something that I need to do. I'm doing yeah. this, you know, I'm more than just a mom. Right. And we were sitting in a meeting and I'd left my girls with, um, with family Mm-hmm. And I received a call within five minutes telling me that my daughter had had a fall and dislocated her elbow. Oh my goodness. And that drive, like that drive to, you know, uh, to the family member's home to pick my girl up and take her to the hospital. I think she was just six or seven months old. In that moment, you know, I just really, and I'm a very calm, laid back person. Mm-hmm. In that moment, when I saw like how my hands were trembling, how I, you know, I couldn't function, I felt so disoriented. I realized that I had become this version of myself that I didn't even recognize, mm-hmm. right? And so even though I took the decision, 
uh, it was after this fall actually that I took this took the decision that you know what I'm going to align with what makes me happy. Yeah. But the damage had already been done. You know that yes. that one and a half year of leaving the girls, traveling, training, trying to work, trying to figure out who's going to babysit, breastfeeding, staying up at night, all of that. I wanted to do everything for them myself as yeah. well. So mm-hmm. I was physically fatigued. Um, I was drained. I was exhausted. Yes. And I ended up uh, with three autoimmune conditions, which led mm-hmm. me to. Literally, I, I mean, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't breathe. Um, I was hospitalized. Um, it was it was bad. And, you know, they had all come on so strong that uh, they had just physically taken over. Right. And so in that, you know, the first few months, I think I was just in shock. I didn't know what had happened to me. And, um, and also, you know, autoimmune conditions are caused by stress and anxiety. Of course. Mm-hmm. And would, you know, you would think that, you know, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm really happily married. Um, I have a fantastic family life. Um, there are no financial constraints. Uh, I'm, you know, blessed with two healthy, beautiful girls. So there was a lot of guilt that started piling up that why am I stressed? Why am I anxious? Right. You know, and, and that's when, you know, it really hit me that 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 decision that I took to be happy and, and to align myself with what fulfills me, how important it was and what an impact it was having on not just my mind, but my body. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I remember six months into being, you know, put on really high doses of steroids and oral chemo. Uh, I had lost complete control over my emotions, my sleep pattern. Um, you know, I I lost physical strength, and just being in and out of hospital. My, you know, so I wasn't really a very present mother at mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. that time in any case. Um, and, and the worst bit was like, because of the steroids, I had lost complete control of my anger. So, you know, I would say tantrums and I would, you know, just get really like, I would be enraged. Mm -hmm. And so one day looking at myself in the mirror, I told myself that your life is not going to be a decision between the, you know, the side effects of the medication Mm -hmm. or the symptoms of your condition. Right. This is not how the rest of my life is going right. to be. You know, I just realized what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I had to choose happiness and I'm right. ready to do it now. Right. So now I'm not going to suffer because of, you know, past mistakes or and not even, I wouldn't even call them mistakes. I feel like maybe if I hadn't gone through it, I wouldn't have ever realized what satisfaction really means, mm-hmm. you know? So um, in that, I, I started off by uh, signing up with a functional practitioner. Mm-hmm. I started with healing my body, um, showed it all the love and care that it needed. I went off, you know, certain food types, took loads of supplements. Um, but in that, what I realized was I knew a lot of other people going to functional practitioners as well. And of course, I believe in it. I believe in functional medicine. I believe in natural healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I entered that clinic, I had, you know, like I said, that moment where I had, where I told myself that this is not going to be my life. These are not my only options. So when I entered that clinic, I had already told myself this is going to work. There is no chance of this not not working. working. Right. Literally, the doctor would tell me three months of this supplement, two months of going off this, and then this will happen. And by the book, by like it was like textbook, everything would happen. And um I started to experience a kind of physical shift, which was pretty remarkable. 
And, you know, I realized that in my healing, it wasn't just my body. It was because my mind had already decided that this was going to work for me. Right. Right? And I told myself that these are not the only two options I have left in life. Right. And that's what intrigued me to look further into our mind. You know, what, what is our mind? You know, how much control does it have over our body? And how much control do we have over our mind? Yeah. And, um, you know, I started, uh, I, I enrolled myself for these amazing life coaching sessions mm-hmm. where I set new goals for myself. Right. And um, during this time, I also started to meditate a lot. You know, I, I worked with different meditation guides. Uh, you know, I touched upon energy healing for a bit. And in that, I realized that, okay, so the mind isn't as, you know, it, it's it's a powerful machine, but there's a lot more to it. Yeah. You know, there's the conscious mind, which makes up a very small part of the mind. And then there's a the subconscious mind, which makes up most of it. And the subconscious mind is what comes into play when you are stressed, when you are anxious, when you need to make big life-changing decisions, mm-hmm. emergency. It's all on autopilot. Right. And where does all that come from? You know, it, it, it comes from our programming, from our childhood, from our teens, from impactful relationships. Right. Um, belief is anything that you've either been told enough right. times or you felt it enough times or you've thought it enough times. Yeah. It becomes a belief. It becomes your perspective. It becomes your reality. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what actually led me to Theta Healing because I had already experienced that, you know, breaking away from a belief that was limiting. Right. Um, a belief that was holding me back. So, you know, I wanted to dive deeper and see what other beliefs are holding me back. Right. You know? And, and it, it's not about, you know, judging or, or blaming the people around you from your childhood. Um, but it's just about how you felt, how certain events, relationships, circumstances, how they made you feel yeah. and what you really believe to be true about yourself. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I was lucky enough to find a phenomenal Theta healer. She is one of my mentors and, you know, I love her to bits. Um, she's in London, uh, Skylar Akimese. And so I started to work with her and I had such, you know, sort of profound um, experiences through my Theta healing sessions where uh, such, you know, sort of, you know, sometimes very small things and sometimes very big things that came up, um, which I knew I, I was consciously aware of, but I didn't realize how they were playing into my daily life right. and how they were, you know, they had become a part of my autopilot responses to life and to yeah. relationships. So yeah. that is, that is um, you know, that bit about the, yeah. the physical symptoms. And again, you know, like I said, I don't look at any of this as, a mishap, I, I feel like we're always on the right path. And I think maybe at that time I needed that jolt, you know, to really take me deeper. You know, maybe I would have just stopped at uh, mildly being happy. But after this physical jolt, I knew that, you know, there is no way I want to experience this version of life. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. And, and yeah. What is, what would you tell another woman who is uh, finding herself at a crossroads? You know, like you said, you know, motherhood does bring up a lot of emotions uh, or, and, and it might not even be motherhood. It's just certain events in your life bring up things that make you question 
everything that happened before it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to make, it's like a fork in the road. You have to make a decision. Who are you going to be now? Right. So what would you say to a woman who is at that crossroads and she's really trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? So what would you tell her to do first? Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm so happy you asked me this question because I really wanted to speak about my dad <laughs> and this, this will allow me to, you know, to tell you a little bit about my relationship with him as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my father was like, he's always been like, for him, it's about empowering. It's always been about empowering his children. It didn't matter, you know, girl, boy, it didn't matter. Even though in our, you know, the, the culture and the society that I come from, um, it is quite a conservative society. And, and, and sometimes in some households, uh, culturally, women are not given as much, you know, their, their, edu their higher education or their professions are not given as much importance as, you know, the, the higher education or professions of boys are. Um, so my dad had always told us that, you know, you need to have your own identity, you need to be a professional, um, you know, you, you're not, you're not sort of, you're not bound to be, uh, identified as my daughter or someone's husband, uh, someone's wife, sorry. So your husband's or your father's, like, they should not be your identity. You need to have your own identity. And my father's a lawyer. And he is one of those, you know, he's been like my, my hero all my life. Like he's been like that for most of the family. He's a high achiever, um, you know, very successful professionally, uh, very committed, heart of gold, um, you know, just immaculate with his values, morals, and just, you know, he, he's really one of those shining superheroes. And so I think the the you know the I was in awe of him and he is who inspired me to study law because I wanted to shine a little bit brighter in his world I wanted to have the kind of life he had I wanted him to be proud of me and once I became a theta healing practitioner and the first interview I had you know it was uh, on national television um, the first interview I had my dad called me up and said that, you know, I am so proud of you. And it's the first time that I heard you not as a little girl, but as a woman. And I didn't realize that you were so wise. And uh, when did you learn all this? Wow. You know, and in that moment, I realized that I think I had been seeking his validation as a child, right? And the one time I really experienced it when I didn't, I wasn't looking for it and I didn't need it. Um, it was right there. And it's always been there, right? That validation has always been there. That admiration has always been there. That love has always been there. And now that I look back, I realize that, you know, when you have a hero, when you see someone who's passionate about what they do and they are happy, it doesn't mean that you need to follow in their footsteps, literally. You don't have to fill their boots. It's not what they're doing or who they are. It's it, it, sorry, it's not what they're doing, but it's who they are in what they are doing, right? So yeah, I wanted to be what, who he was because he was passionate and he was good at what he did and, you know, he was successful. And 
I needed to find my own path, you know, what made my heart sing, what yeah. motivated me, what inspired me to become a successful, passionate individual. So, you know, the most important thing I think is to find what motivates you, find what makes you happy, yeah. find what doesn't feel like work, mm -hmm. right? Something that you, you know, you would love it like a family member or, you know, just, just something that holds a huge part of your heart, find it and you have to be successful. You know, there is no way that you can't. And, and, you know, how successful you are or what kind of success, um, you know, you, you find in your life, all of that depends on, you know, how you, what success means to you, right? What success means to you, whether it means being um, an international best-selling author or just, you know, finding something that makes you happy two or three hours a day right? That, that, that success is, it's, it's different for each person, Yeah. but just find something that makes you happy and embrace it. I love that. I love it. So good. Well, Nazia, this has been amazing. All of the gems that you have shared throughout your story has been awesome. And I know people are going to want to find you. Tell us where they can find you, learn more about Theta Healing, if they want to uh, find you on Instagram. I just share some of that. Sure. Um, so I'm um, currently my platform is Instagram and um, it's, it's my, you know, my handle is the third space dot NZS. Um, but I now have a website as well. Uh, the third space dot org. And I actually have um, a gift for everyone who's listening in to this podcast. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I've, um, I've got a little workbook that people can access. Uh, it's called How to Boss Up Every Morning. And um, so, you know, I've got little exercises and affirmations that people can use through the day uh, to just help them stay aligned, help them stay focused, help them stay motivated. And just to remind them every morning that, you know, the most important thing to do today is be happy, happy okay. with yourself and accept yourself. And um, as, as for, you know, as far as the Theta Healing, you know, sessions go, um, so I, I'm actually currently working with a lot of international clients. Um, you know, the one good thing that has, that has come out of, you know, these last um, two, no, well, not two years, but the last year and a half of, of COVID and, you know, um, all the devastation that is taking place globally. Um, the, the one good thing is that, you know, I feel like we're more accessible globally. And uh, my practice is now mostly online. Uh, they're audio calls, Zoom calls. So, you know, anyone from all, you know, anywhere in, in the world can access the Theta Healing Sessions. They're available to everyone. And I'm also currently uh, working on formalizing um, what, I called, what I call living consciously. So along with the Theta Sessions, um, you know, along with removing limited, limiting subconscious beliefs, removing negative energy, removing blocks. Um, I'm working on living consciously, which will teach people how to not only remove past baggage, but to move on from there and how to stay focused, motivated, and how to achieve goals while being in alignment with your mind, body, and soul. 
And, you know, the, the, the key here being aligning yourself to your soul. Because once you learn to do that, once you learn to align yourself to your soul, you know, each one of us is born with a perfect guidance system within us. You know, just the way the sun, the moon, the animals, the plants, everything that has been created has the perfect guidance system. So do we as humans. And that, you know, we, we find that guidance when, once we connect ourselves to our soul. And in that alignment, you know, when you surrender to that alignment, you are never alone. You are never alone because you are so aware of the fact that everywhere you go, your soul goes with you, your source yes. goes with you. In every yeah. conversation, you know, every interaction, every relationship, your soul is right there with you. And I feel like it is so important for people to learn how to live their lives in that alignment uh, because you cannot have a single worry in the world once you enter that zone, you know, no anxiety, no stress. And I'm, I'm really excited about upcoming workshops that I have that actually teach exercises yeah. um, and, and, you know, how to journal to find your alignment, how to stay connected, not only how to find it, but how to stay connected to it on a daily basis. Yeah. And I'm working on on workshops for the younger generations, you know, teenagers, children, because if this is something that kids can learn, teenagers can learn, their life can be a much happier experience. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, just with all the competition, um, you know, the pressure for college and grades and jobs, you know, we, we need to know that we're not alone. You know, our kids need to know that they are blessed with a guidance system. They're, they're blessed with a soul. Um, and there's a way of experiencing the best possible version of their life without feeling like they need to do it alone. So good. Nazia, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to all the stuff we're going to be doing together this next coming year. Thank you. Thank you, Tam. It was a pleasure talking to you. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you.